Well, hey, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be with all of you who are here with us. And all of you, I always love to say uh, hello to all of you who are watching online, wherever, whenever you're watching. So glad uh, you're taking advantage of that. So glad that you're watching. Glad that you're uh, being a part of this worship experience with, with us. And, and, and whether you're watching or here, man, again, my big hope and prayer is that you had a moment with God so far and that we just continue to have that moment with him uh, through the rest of the service this morning. And so I wanna welcome you uh, to week number two of a series that we're calling Mountains. And what we're doing is we are following these mountains of the Bible uh, to take in God's story. Uh, and it's going to lead us all the way to Easter Sunday on Mount Calvary where Jesus died. But we know everybody, he didn't stay dead, did he? He, he came back from the dead. And on Easter Sunday, uh, we're going to get together and we're going to celebrate uh, on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, but until then, we're going to be just exploring these mountains together to just help us get prepared, get ready for Easter, okay? Now, before we get to it, before we get started speaking to Easter, I do uh, want to give you all a heads up uh, right now on our Easter services, okay? If our numbers are right. Uh, here's what we feel like we're going to have. We're going to probably have over 2,000 people uh, here on Easter Sunday. Everybody. That's crazy. That's a crazy number. Uh, and that's exciting, but it's also a problem because uh, we will not be able to fit that many people uh, at two services in here if we have that many people coming. We believe actually we're going to have over 2,000. So here's what we're doing on Easter Sunday and just only on Easter Sunday. It's just a one-time deal. Uh, we're going to have three services on Sunday morning, same service, family and all that stuff's going to be, we're going to do the same thing. Eight 30, 10, and 11.30. Okay, now, here's, here's what I need you. This is why I'm talking to you about it right now. I want you to do a couple things, all right? First, uh, I want you to start thinking about who you're gonna invite. I want you to start thinking about like, who are you gonna bring? Family, friends, neighbors, because here's the thing, gang. Uh, Easter is one of the, the couple times a year that people are looking to come to church. And, and so think about who you're gonna invite. Think about who, who you're gonna uh, ask to come and invest and invite in their lives. And once you figure that out and you know who's coming, I want you to secondly think about the service that you're going to come to and sign your entire crew up for, okay? Because starting next week, what we want you to do, what we're asking everyone to do to help us out is to sign up for whatever service you and your people up for whatever service that you're going to come to okay and that's going to help us uh, be able to accommodate uh, the folks in each service because we just don't want one of the services to be lopsided and then folks come in and they don't have a seat we really want this to be a welcoming place a great place to be so you all can help us by doing that and then throughout the next uh, weeks after that we're going to give you updates on what ser service is filling up you can still come if you want uh, to the service that's full but we just want to let you all know we don't want people like in weird places like in closets watching the service here okay so like we just want to make sure we can get as many people in here as possible, especially so we have room for folks who don't really attend, but they want to come and they show up, man. We just want to give them a seat, all right? So will you do that with me? Yes? Yes. All right. So next week you can do that. All right. All right. Let's get to our mountain this week. And we're looking at mountains. God kind of sent this to me. I feel like mountains were something that I was really interested in and excited to teach about because uh, one of the things that I've noticed in the Bible as I went through is there's a whole lot of stuff when you read the Bible that happens with God and his people uh, on mountains. That was one of the big things. And, and the other thing that I thought, man, it's like when you just look at a mountain, it, there's just something so majestic about it, isn't it? Like you're like, man, it's just a beautiful thing to look at. And I just always think something good with us and God with just even looking at mountains. And then even spiritually, if you think about it, when you talk about people having these like really big God experiences, what do they say? They had a mountaintop experience with God. And so I thought, man, that's, that's just something that's really neat. There's mountains are all over this, this stuff. But, but I hope you know, I hope you know that, that, that life isn't just full of mountaintop experiences with God for those who follow him. And there's also valleys too. And, and I know when I look at my own life, like that's true. Like I have all these mountaintop experiences that I get to look at with me and God, but, but I also, it's full of valleys. It's full of valleys too. Like I'm not immune to that at all. And I think sometimes, I think for people, they get rattled uh, in their faith when they go through uh, valleys, uh, but we all go through it. We all go through it, okay? And, and 
And I don't know about you, but for me, man, when I look back and see when God did his best work, usually everybody, he does his best work in the valleys of my life. Amen, everybody? That's when he does the most work for me. So we both of those work together. But we're on mountains, okay? And so last week, uh, we started with Mount Ararat and Noah. And this week, today, we're gonna move to Mount Moriah with Abraham and his son Isaac in the story. So let's get to it. If you have your Bibles or, or phones, go ahead and grab those and open them up because we're gonna be in here for a little bit of time today. So you can get to Genesis chapter 22. Uh, and we're gonna see, uh, as you get your way there to Genesis 22, we're gonna see God asking Abraham to do something that I think for us, it'll put us all on notice with our faith and how far we're willing to go with our faith and whether or not we really do trust God. It's gonna put all that on the table this morning. It's gonna be a great thing to go through together. So hopefully you got your way there. Genesis chapter 22, uh, we're gonna start here in verse one. Let's get to it. And it says, after these things. All right, we gotta stop right here, all right? Uh, we're not gonna stop this much, I promise, uh, throughout the rest of the message. All right, we gotta stop because uh, we need to talk. Here's the thing. You'll find when you start to study the Bible, when you start to read it, you're gonna come across uh, things like this. It says, after these things, or it says, therefore. And what that's doing, what that is indicating to you is that the story you're about to get into, there is something that happened that's kind of critical for you to understand before uh, this all happens next, okay? So, so here's the thing. What are these things that we're getting into in Genesis 22? Well, these things here is the last 10 chapters uh, of Genesis before Genesis 22, all right? So I'm gonna try to get us caught up as quickly as I can on this. So at this point in time uh, in the story of God and us in Genesis, things are not going so well uh, with us and God, okay? If you were here last week, we kind of pick up this idea that, that God had to start over, man. Like humanity was not doing very good. So he started over, caused a flood, uh, and, and he saved one family from the flood, the family of Noah. And so after the flood, uh, Noah and his family uh, found land and God told Noah and his, and his kid, three sons, okay, you got to multiply and, 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 you know, get the earth growing again and all that stuff. And so that happens and they, and, and they start growing and multiplying and everybody's actually getting along. Everybody's, it even says like everybody's really united. But, but the problem is that a little bit of time goes by and they're all united in one thing, which is uh, slowly ignoring God again. Like they're, and they're all together in this and God looks and he's like, man, I, it's not good. I don't like that. And he already made a promise that he's not gonna, that he's not gonna hurt uh, people because of people anymore. And so what he did in Genesis chapter 11, you can look it up later, but what he does, it's really interesting. He actually uh, scatters people uh, all over the place. So, and, and then he actually changes languages and in the host he's like man so that hopefully will draw them back to me uh that they're that they're going to come back to me they're going to come back to following me uh, and then what we see in the next chapter in genesis chapter 12 that god calls on a man calls on one man, Abraham, uh, to act. he's gonna be the guy that's gonna carry his message, carries his message of, uh, of salvation to the entire world, to even us today, and Abraham's gonna be the guy, and God promises him this. He promises, man, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. That's what he says, okay? Uh, and so, uh, you know, and, and he doesn't, by the way, if you read this, just so you know, his, his name's not really Abraham at this point. His name's Abram uh, until about chapter 17. I just don't want you to get confused uh, when you read it. I, I think that's kind of cool when God changes names, man. He changes his name's a lot in the Bible. I think it's like, it's neat because it's kind of like you arrived or something, right? Like uh, in high school, my nickname was The Edge. And I was like, yes, I arrived because that was my name. Because before that, it was Beef. And uh, it's better because I was a little husky in junior high and Edge was better. Edge was a little better. I feel like I arrived uh, at Edge. I didn't like Beef so much. So, so God, I don't know. Okay, so God, uh, back to the story. God calls on Abraham, made sense to me. And says, he's like, man, you're gonna carry my message. You're gonna be the father of many nations. And that's actually what Abraham means. It means father of many, okay? Now here's the problem with that when he said, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. At this point in time, Abraham was 75 years old and he had no kids. That's an issue. Uh, and so what happens after this promise is years go by and he and Sarah, his wife, have no son. 
And then a decade goes by, still no son. And then another whole decade goes by with no kids. And then all of a sudden, uh, when Abraham is 100 years old, it finally happens. Sarah gets pregnant. Isaac is born, which I just want to point out, by the way, it's a miracle. We kind of read past that real quick. That's a miracle that a 100-year-old person had a, a baby, so that's crazy. Uh, and now some of you right now at this point, are, 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 you know the story, and you know I left out another fact. You left out the fact that there was another baby who was actually born outside of Sarah and Abraham's marriage because Sarah let Abraham be with another woman. But here's what I want to point out. That did happen, but that was not the covenant. That was not the thing that God told Abraham to do. They actually kind of went on the side and said, hey, we're going to help God along here uh, and do something that that we shouldn't do. And and that was never what God told him to do. And here's what I'm going to tell you. A lot of chaos happened right because of that, gang. A lot of problems happened. Uh, And just a sidebar here, isn't that what we do? You know what we do sometimes? Like sometimes like we, we know what God is telling us to do. We know what we should do. We know some things and, and we just get a little impatient. We think, you know what I should do? I'm gonna help God a little bit. And, and I do some things and I'm telling you, man, when we do that, gang, listen, it really messes things up. It can really mess things up. In fact, if you know the story, that's exactly what happened here. A- Abraham ends up having a son named Ishmael uh, from, from another woman, Hagar. And Ishmael is actually the father of the Arab nations. And, and to this day, everybody, there's st- still turmoil uh, happening between those two groups of people. So just something to think about. Something to think about, like when we get in an impatient mode, uh, I don't think we're really in the right mind to have rational thoughts and, and we can really complicate God's plans and timings if we get too ahead of what he's doing, okay? And here's what I'm gonna tell you. God doesn't need our help, everybody. We need his, amen? Like he, we, he doesn't need our help, okay? So, all right, so that's these things, all right? So the call on Abraham's life, right? There's a promise he made. Uh, and then, you know, after years of ter- turmoil, years of waiting, finally his promised son Isaac comes and now it's on to easy street, everybody. Now it's on to easy life, right? How many of you think uh, that once you start following Jesus that it means you just have an easy life? I hope you don't believe that. Uh, be, and actually, why I say this is because there are actually people out there that try to teach that. Uh, they, they teach this kind of uh, stuff, unfortunately, that following Jesus gets you health, wealth, and prosperity. And if you don't get it, it's because your faith isn't good enough. And the problem with that that we have is uh, the Bible because the Bible does not say that. Uh, and the other problem that I have with that kind of teaching is uh, Jesus because uh, Jesus doesn't say that either. He goes, in this life, you will have problems. You will have trouble if you follow me. Okay, so that's not true. Jesus said, man, that's not what's gonna happen because let's see what happens here with Abraham. Verse one, let's get back to it. After these things, we'll go faster this time, I promise. After these things, God tested Abraham. You're like, I got lunch. Uh, God tested Abraham and said, to, oh, let's back up. We didn't get on. Okay, he's trying to go fast too. He's got lunch. Uh, and, and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Now, if you got your Bibles, I want you to underline, here I am. We'll get back to that in a minute. Here I am, he said. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Okay, now if you're taking notes, go ahead and grab those out this morning. We're gonna look at some lessons from Mariah. And here's the first lesson that we need to take in from Mariah. Then here it is about you and about me that in this life, my faith will be tested. In your life, in your faith, in how you're following God, your faith will be tested. I think tests uh, in our faith, they, they come from all kinds of places. Uh, they come from all kinds of things. Uh, but I don't want us to miss this right here uh, in Genesis 22. It actually says here, we didn't read it wrong, that God tested Abraham. It didn't come from anywhere else, but God, and we didn't read that wrong. God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sacrifice the promise that I gave you. And, and what we're about to read, gang, is a journey through the unimaginable with Abraham and what he's gonna do. And it comes from the very hands of God. And so here's the point. If you wanna write this down, this is the point. God will test me. God will test me. Now, what is not true is that God will tempt me. He will not tempt me. 
but he will test me. There's a difference between testing our faith by God and tempting us to sin. God will never ever tempt us to sin. In fact, we've got something that will tell us this for a fact. It's in James chapter one. Here's what he says. He says, and remember when you're being tempted uh, to sin, don't say, don't say God's doing it because God will not do it. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. So tests will come. Tests will come. This is just something you gotta realize and they will come from God. But here's what I wanna tell you, everybody. When God tests us, when, and he will, when God tests us, it's not to grade us, but to grow us and make us more like Jesus every single time. And, and when God tests us, he doesn't do it, by the way, he does not test us so that he finds out uh, where your heart is. He already knows where your heart is. He tests you so that you will know where your heart actually is, okay? So God says to Abraham, this is what's going on with Abraham, right? He says, I want you to sacrifice your son, Isaac, okay? Now let's look and see how Abraham responds because I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that this is gonna be a good dinnertime conversation with Sarah, like where God's like, you need to kill your son. I don't think he's really gonna, hey, Sarah got it right, so he comes in, and Sarah's like, hey, how, how was your day? Uh, pretty good, pretty good day, Sarah. You're, okay, did God talk to you today? Uh, yes, he did, yes, he did. Okay, well, what did he say? Uh, boy, that lamb smells good. What are you cooking tonight? That's so good, like, he's changed the subject, you know what I'm saying? Like, I work hard on this, man. I thought that was funny. Let's see how he responds. Let's see how he responds. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac and he cut out the wood for the burnt offering and arose and he went to the place of which God had told him okay so the first thing that we see he does and this is just fascinating to me as you read it uh, that he just obeys he obeys and, and what sticks out to me as I read this and studied there's something about this that it says early the next morning but he got up early and, and what that tells me, I don't know, man, I don't know if we're missing something or what, but, but there's just no hesitation. He just gets up and the first thing he does, he gets everything ready and he responds. There's no bargaining, like there's no hesitation, just yes. Are we missing something? Like, are we missing something here? And, and so what we're gonna find out, I mean, you gotta wonder what's going on in his head, right? What, what's going on with him? And what we're gonna find out, it takes three days to get to where God told him to get to. Three days traveling, knowing what he was about to do what he was preparing himself to do. What was going on in his brain? What was going on with him and, and God? What was going on with him and his son Isaac? Verse four, here's what it says. It says, and third day, three days to get there. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. And then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. So here's a second lesson, uh, if, if, you, if you're taking notes, and this is what I think is going on with Abraham and, and what I think we need to do uh, in our own faith when it looks like things are going the wrong way, when it thinks, like things seem to be unraveling a little bit, and here's the second thing that we need to do, I gotta let God's promises leave me and nothing else. Like in my faith, when I'm tested, when I'm challenged, when things are going, and I'm like, things are going awry, man, I've got to let God's promises leave me and not let anything else. I think Abraham uh, thought about this. I think he thought about this when God came to him, told him what to do, and here's what I believe. I really believe this. I believe the only way, I think the only way that he was able to do what we've even seen so far with how he re responded and obeyed is that he did not let the present circumstance take him away from the promise God made. He didn't let like what was in front of him get in the way of the promise he knew that God gave him. He knew God's promise. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. This son is gonna be a, an heir to that as well. And so he was letting that lead him instead of anything else. I think uh, this is interesting also that attached to that, that this is actually the very first place, I didn't know if you know this, this is the very first place that, that worship comes up. 
It's the very first time that you see the word worship mentioned in the Bible. And I, and, and I really do believe, this is why I believe this. I, I believe uh, that worship by design, it just ties us into remembering God's promises in our life. That's why I'm so bent on worship here. Like I, I want this place to be known for how we worship because gang of what it does for us and what it does to us. I think it's one of the biggest things by design that actually gets us to remembering God's promises. Gang, I just feel like we need to hear this sometimes. Um, I, mean, I think you need to hear, worshiping God should cost you something. It should cost you something. Like coming here and, and giving yourself over to God, like you should give, you should serve, like you should share your life in worship as a cost, not just something that you get, but something that you give. It should be a cost, man. Worship, should, it should cost your time. It should cost your energy. It should cost your resources. It's your testimony. Your worship is your testimony. That's how we should come to worship, man. It's not what I get. It's what I get to give to God who loves me and, and names me and, and, and saves me, man. I love for him. So Abraham, Abraham worships to remember God's promise and to prepare him for what's about to come. So I wanna ask you here, I just feel like I need to ask you, what, what do you use? What do you use right now to lead you? When things are getting hairy, when, when you need an answer, when you're down, like where do you go? What do you do? Like what do you use uh, to lead you, man? I know for me uh, in my life, I, can, I, I can't tell you how important it is to know God's promises in my life. You know, because like I've shared my life with you up here and I've said in the first service, like I probably overshared quite a bit, to be honest with you. I probably overshared my life a little bit with you all, but, but I do it for a reason, gang. I share my life because like I'm not immune to struggles. Like I've had dark nights of the soul. I've had way more dark nights of the soul than I would probably want to admit to you because I'm not different than you. I'm the same as you. I've gone through that. I'm not special. I'm just like you. And here's what I do when I go through those dark nights of the soul. I, I have this box of cards. I have a box of note cards. If you went in my bedroom right now, you would see them right next to my lamp. They don't move. And they're just full over the years. What I've done is I've just filled them up and filled them up with God's promises in my life. I write them down. I put them on there uh, that I made through the years with nothing but God's promises because I'm not really good at memorizing. And so that's how I, I can't memorize. Uh, I blame my high school years as another message. But uh, like I... I um, Sorry, and, uh, but that's what I can't, I really can't memorize. I'm really terrible at memorizing actually, that's what I do. And I, just, and I just go over them and over them and over them to remind me that that's what I need to lead me when things seem to be going in another direction. And here's why, gang. You know what usually is going on? They're not going in another direction. It's just I'm forgetting the promises of God in my life. You hear me? Like, and I go over them, I remind, and man, here's what I'm gonna tell you. We all get there. If I get there, I know you get there, everybody. What are you using to lead you in these times of your life, in the dark nights of the soul, when you're struggling, when you're tested, when you're challenged in your life? Because if you don't know God's promises, here's what I wanna say. If you don't know God's promises, I'm afraid of what you're letting lead you in the critical times of your life and your marriage and your job and your, and, and your kids and all that stuff, man. So, so here's, I just wanna do a quick challenge, quick challenge. However you do it, however you can, however you can do it, man. Know them. Know his promises. They're so critical, to your life and in how they're gonna lead you. Know them, uh, let those lead you. Okay, so Abraham worships. And I wanna notice here, I, I love this. If go back here real quick, I, I wanna notice where he says, hey, listen, uh, we're, me and the boy are gonna go up there. And, and I want you to notice that he says, we're coming back. Now, you gotta understand, he knew what he was about to do. And, and here's what I believe, and this is what the scriptures tell us. He was ready to sacrifice his son. He was ready to do it, but he said, we are gonna come back. A commentary I was reading said this, very interesting. He says, Abraham was committed to doing what God said, to sacrificing Isaac, but he also had faith that God was going to do something and Isaac was coming back with him. That faith is unreal. Isn't that unreal? Like he was ready to do it. He's like, God's gonna do something crazy. God's gonna do, I mean, now you gotta ask at this point, what, was, what did he believe? What did he think was gonna happen? We don't know yet, but, but there was something that caused him to say, we'll both be back, okay? Um, so let's keep going in the story. Verse six, here's what it says. It says, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took it in his hand, the fire and the knife. And so they went, uh, both of them together. 
And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, uh, my father, and he said, here I am. There it is again, underline that if you have your Bible, underline that again, second time. Here I am, my son. And he said, behold, uh, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Here's what Abraham said. Good, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And so they went, both of them together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, uh, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And here it goes. And then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Uh, so this is... Uh, this is the part of the story where you're like, this is crazy. Like, that's not the God that I know about. That's not, like, this is bizarre. Like, it's, it doesn't make sense that God would ask this, let alone the question uh, to, 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 that what dad in his right mind would actually do. It's just too far. It's too far. So I'm gonna tell you what happened. I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag before we get, Abraham doesn't know this yet, but I'm gonna tell you right now. Ab- uh, Isaac get, get, comes, Scott, no, no scratch happens to Isaac. Isaac gets fine. He's, there's nothing that happens. He went on to become a great man of God who carried this message of God being a provider. So nothing happens to Isaac. But Abraham doesn't know this yet. He has no idea, but, but he did know something else. He knew his God. He knew his heavenly father. He knew his character. He knew his love. And he just believed something about God that wasn't making him second guess anything, but was actually propelling him to take the next step of faith forward. It's an amazing thing. It's amazing. He knew what he's about to do, but he believed in a God at the same time. Crazy, this faith. So we can't miss this, gang. Here's what we can't miss. Like, what's amazing is this, is what's, what Abraham's faith was willing to do, regardless of where and when he believed God was gonna intervene, Abraham was willing to sacrifice what he loved the most next to God. And gang, listen to me, that's the most challenging thing in our faith. And if it's not, if you don't think it's happened to you, you're, you're believing a lie, because here's the most challenging thing that will be in everybody's faith. It's the challenge of sacrifice. And it exists in everybody's faith. It's a challenge of sacrifice. I mean, as you're writing this, like, you have to agree with me here. Like, this is a crazy, crazy thing. Like, this is a huge sacrifice, right? And it's really weird if you start to think about the whole story because God put Abraham through all these things, like all this tur- turmoil, so much stuff. It wasn't easy to conceive Isaac. It took 25 years to conceive Isaac. He worked hard. He had faith. And then finally Isaac comes, and now he has to be willing to give it up? Like, it just seems so unnecessary. You ever been there? I'm willing to bet that a lot of you have been there. You're like, I got this job and I need to get this job. You finally get a job and all of a sudden something changes. You're like, really? Or you go after this relationship, you're like, I think that's right. And then it crumbles. And you're like, what? I think we've all been there in our lives. A job, health, relationship thing. But gang, here's what I'm gonna tell you about Abraham. I'm gonna tell him about uh, you and me and about this faith that we have. Gang, there is something really deep here that we have to get. We have to get this. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. If you get it, you'll get it. And Jesus is gonna actually help us here with something he says that totally ties into this story. And I think you've read it before, but maybe not in this light. Here's what he says. Uh, He says something about this, about Abraham's willingness to do what he was about to do. Here's what Jesus says. Matthew 10, he says, hey, whoever finds his life is gonna lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So it seems like a riddle, doesn't it? Like it seems like kind of like a, test, like a tongue-twisting riddle that Jesus is saying, but here's what I'm gonna tell you. In these words, there is the gospel, gang. In Jesus' words right there, the gospel is right there. What Jesus is saying to you and to me is what we know is true in our life. That's the crazy thing. You know it's true in your life. We spend, here's the thing, we spend all our lives sometimes looking for that thing or that person or that child that we just know is gonna fill us up, man. We know it's gonna get us there. It's totally gonna complete us and and fulfill us. And so we go after it or we wish it or we live, gang, listen to me, we live this as soon as life. Like, hey, as soon as that, then then there. And and what Jesus is saying, man, he's saying, you're never gonna get there. I'm sorry, I'm gonna let that, you're never gonna get there, man. 
It's never gonna fulfill you that way uh, because listen to me, nothing, no one, no thing, no amount of stuff, no, no matter how good you want your kids to be or how many kids you want, they're never gonna get you all the way there because here's the thing, none of it was made to get you all the way there. You hear me? None of it was made to get you there, okay? It's not until, this is what Jesus is saying, it's not until you make the sacrifice to lose your life to surrender to him, to, to trust only him and the forgiveness that he offers. Then, Jesus says, then and only then you're gonna find what you've been looking for the whole time. You've gotta lose your life in order to gain it. Isn't that crazy how it ties into this story? It's amazing. But, but, but it still makes you wonder, going back to Abraham, it still makes you wonder why, right? It makes you wonder why, like why the sacrifice? Like honestly, like if you start to think about this and if this is about Jesus, like isn't that the sacrifice? Like that's the ultimate sacrifice. And so why do we have to go through this sacrifice? And if God wants to bless us anyways, which I believe, I do think that he wants to bless us, then can't we just skip the sacrifice and, and get to the blessing anyway? Like why does God work this way? Why does he work this way? Because here's what I wanna tell you, gang. I thought about this a lot. I think this, is, this, this only happens when, when we're in the moment of sacrifice. Not just, not just when we sacrifice our life for salvation. We're gonna get to this here in a second, but, but I think in the moment of sacrifice, with whatever it is, in the moment of sacrifice, something happens, something changes in you, and it only happens when you have a willingness to give it up and to sacrifice. See, what happens in the moment of sacrifice is this, is what, what once was yours is now his. What was yours is now his and what was under my control is now under his because I'm, sad, I'm just willing to give it over because I've given it to him. And gang, it's what happens when you surrender your life to him, when you sacrifice your life to him, he gives life to you. He, he gives you life over only when you sacrifice your whole life and surrender it. So with Abraham, this is huge to catch with Abraham. Listen, he gives up what he actually thought was his promise, realizing the whole time it was God's all along. You hear me? Like it wasn't even his promise. It was God's. And so he's like, how can I hold on to it? It was yours the whole time. Check out Romans 12 1 this again this comes in comes in with a story it's amazing how living the Bible is it says therefore I urge you uh, in light of all this like brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship I love how worship comes right back into here okay so we offer ourselves to God we are every day it's an everyday thing we just offer it because we become a living sacrifice to him uh, and what's it look like Andy was that like like it's almost like you know like with work with work it may be a sacrifice of career because you're willing to hold on to your integrity instead of advancement you sacrifice like with kids it may be a sacrifice of eventually letting your kids go knowing like I gotta let them go at some point in time they gotta make their own choices they gotta have their own faith they can't just have mom and dad's faith that I gotta let them go I gotta they, 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 when they grow up for, for, it's for all of us for all kinds of reasons all of us it's a daily sacrifice it's not a one-off it's not a one-off that you just sacrifice one time it's a daily daily thing it's every day and it's listen to me listen to me it's the biggest challenge of our faith everybody it's the willingness to sacrifice. So let's finish this up. Verse 10, it comes back. It says, then Abraham, and amazing how it all ties in. It's crazy. All right, then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Last one, underline that one. Now, there are three times in this scripture where Abraham says, here I am. Now, here's my question, uh, because when, when you see him, you see the first time when God called him, you see the second time when Isaac said, hey, dad, and he said, here I am. And now this one, when uh, the angel stops him from killing his son. Now, don't you think there's a little bit of a different tone in each one of these here I am? I do. Uh, I think there's a different emotion, right? Where it's like, you think if God's calling him, it's probably like a, hey, here I am, God, you, you need something God right and then the second time when Isaac uh, says dad you know he's probably gut wrenching like here I am son but this time don't you think where he's like Abraham he's like here I am Woo! like you know he's like oh. like I just, I'm just saying like I just think there's a little bit of a different uh, emotion uh, right there sorry this is what I do gang like I just like the I'm sorry I gotta get you there like it's just different when you read it like that okay so he says don't lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him for now I know that you fear God 
seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. It's amazing. Oh, and then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him, wasn't there before, by the way, another miracle, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So God provides, God comes through again. He kept his promise to Abraham. The Bible doesn't tell us, like the Bible doesn't say how fast or, or what it took for Abraham to get those bindings off of his son, but I'm assuming it's record time that he got him off of there, right? And then like through the hugs and the tears and like all that stuff, like, oh my gosh, like you're here. I didn't have to do it. Uh, like it's crazy because Abraham goes, man, I know what I'm gonna do. I know what I'm gonna call this place. And so, so Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided because God provides. Gang, God provides. He provides not in the way that we always want him to, but he will come through with every promise he ever makes. Amen, everybody? He will provide. He will keep his promise. He can be trusted. Three ways to finish this out. Three ways that God provides. God will provide in his time, in his way, and he'll provide for his purposes. Every time. For me, you know, like, uh, just to close out, man, when I put myself in Abraham's shoes, that's how I study this, man. Like, I'm just like, man, what would I do? How would I feel? What would I be like? What would I say? And, and uh, as I read this story, and I put myself in Abraham's shoes. Like, I know where I would have loved for God to intervene and it would have been way before he did, amen? Like, I would have been like, please come at the bottom of the mountain. Like, just like tell me everything. But he didn't. But he came through when he came through, right? I don't know about you, but this is where faith comes in for me. This is where faith comes in because here's what I wanna tell you, gang. Listen, three things. Because faith tells us, faith tells me that, that God's timing is perfect, not mine. You hear me? God's time is perfect, not mine. Faith tells me that, that, that I usually see what's temporary, but God sees what's forever. He sees what's eternal in my story in my life. And faith tells me that like, listen, man, sometimes we think we know best, but dude, it's God's time. It's God's way. It's God's purpose that are truly what's best in the long run. And, here, and that's a challenge, gang. Amen. It's a challenge. But here's my question to you. Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to trust him? I think for Christ followers, right here it is, gang. This is the journey. This is your journey. And uh, if I could just speak some truth for you for a second, this is what God's been leading me to this morning. I think some of you came in here this morning and you're really struggling. Like there's struggle going on right now. I think you're struggling this morning. Like you came in here with a struggle in your life and your marriage and, and, and your job and, and at work and your finances with life and, and you're going through this. And I think that's why you're here. I think that's why some of you, of you are here. And maybe you need to hear this today. And here's what I'm gonna tell you as boldly and as truthfully as I can. God will provide. Can you trust him? He will provide. He will provide. Can you hear that this morning? Wherever you are in your struggles, he has the power to provide for you. He is no different than he was then. He is the same today as he was with Abraham. He's just as powerful now as he was then. But God isn't magic, everybody. He's not a push button God where you just get to push button on, on whatever you want, but he will provide for you. He will provide, man. And, and it comes when you believe with everything you got, when you sacrifice your life and say, I believe that you will provide, that you are my provider. And you take that in your heart and you live like it. He will provide. Anybody wanna say amen to that? He will provide. He'll provide, I believe it. Maybe for some of you here this morning, I think you're here too. Like you're still wondering, like how does this fit uh, with me? I don't know where I'm at with God. I don't know where I'm at. Like, I, and that's why you're here too. We love that you're here. We make this place for you. We want this to be a welcoming place for you. Figure out where this fits for you. And I love this story. I love this story, what I'm about to tell you, if that's you and you're wondering where this fits with you and God and whether you're not, how you know, you know, this is true or not. But man, like, even though we got like lessons from this story, this story's for you. 
Because here's what I'm gonna tell you, even though we got some of those points from it, like this is not a story pointing to a God who asked something from you. This is actually a story about a God who is willing to do something for you. It's about Jesus, gang. He came for you. He came for you. Jesus is all over this story. I love it. So it's like, you know, just Isaac being Abraham's only son. Jesus is, is God's one and only son who came to live a life that you couldn't live for you. And, and like uh, the son carried the wood on his own back, Jesus did the same thing. He carried the wood on his back to the cross for you on Calvary. He came and to do that for you. And as God provided the lamb for Abraham, Jesus, the perfect lamb, he came to sacrifice himself for you to give you full life and life abundantly and life eternally. And, and thousands of years, man, it's crazy. Thousands of years before God provided Jesus for us, there's this story of a guy and his son where God was already saying to the world, man, I love you so much. Just wait and see what I'm willing to do for you. I'm gonna come for you. I'm gonna send you my son and I'm gonna make a way for you to get to me. I love it. That's what's amazing about our God, by the way. So many times I hear people like, what's so different about Christianity? It's that. It's that, gang. Like there, there's no other God that goes this route. Try to find it and test me in that. There's no other God that goes this route where instead of you doing things to get to him, he sacrificed himself to get to you. And that's what he did for you. And some of you need to make a decision. Some of you are right there, man. You know, you're right on the edge of that. I think the Holy Spirit's talking to you. There's something stirring in you. Like, man, you haven't made a decision to actually surrender your life and, and make this real in your life where you say, here I am. Here I am, finally, I'm gonna just come to a saving, knowing relationship with you and I believe what you did. Man, you can make that decision right now, today. And if you haven't done that, man, to come to a knowing, saving relationship with him, if you don't know what that looks like or you wanna talk more about that, man, I know you might have a lot of questions. Man, I wanna tell you something real quick. I'm gonna I wanna tell you something real quick. I remember the day I came to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. It was 1995. I was 17 years old. Do you think I had all the answers? There's no, I had no, I, I was, I mean, if you only knew me back then, I, you would even be like, no way. Like, I'm just saying, like, I didn't. Anybody want to in here say that you had, didn't have all the answers when you came to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ? Anybody want to say amen to that? Man, like, we didn't have all the answers, but here's what we knew. My God is there. He did provide a way. I got to say yes to this, and I'll figure it out on the way. And that's what he does. He gives you an answer, man. But if, if this is, if this is talking to you right now, man, you got to make a decision. I don't know what you're waiting on, man. The day is now. The time has come for you to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you want to talk about that, I'll try to answer as many questions as I can. I got like 10 answers. That's all I got. Uh, the rest of them, you have to go somewhere. Maybe go to Chad for the rest of them. Come find me, please. That's why we're here, man. Me, Chad, Blair, come find me. Talk to us, man. I would love, love, love to talk to you about what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've been through a lot of life too, man. I'm not that old, but I've been through some things where I can maybe have some understanding of what you're going through. Love to talk to you about that. Um, but for the rest of us, we're going to close today and we're going to worship. Uh, and so some of you might want to just stay and sit and that's fine. We're just going to respond to worship today since we talked so much about worship. So I'm going to invite those who want to stand and worship, you can. If you want to stay seated, that's fine. But so for, for us who want to stand, go ahead and stand. We're going to sing and worship and I'll come.